Hi. Uh, I am here. Hi, Binary. How are you? I'm good. What's up? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Crypto Nation episode 11. Uh, we have Binary Pipe as the co host and John and Janice McAvee. Guys, it's thank you so much for coming and joining and talking with us. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you very much. So, I re- so you're not you can't see our faces, right? Because we're naked. That's right. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just audio. Thank God for that. Probably if it's just audio. But then Hallelujah. I, I <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, we wanted to talk about uh, crypto, of course, and um, uh, the amazing things that John is doing as well. Um, The new debit card. uh, That's amazing. And I've played your new game, uh, (laughs) the app with the questions. It's so much fun. And you get to win uh, Satoshis as well. That's pretty cool. Are you are you playing the family friendly version or the or the adult version? Uh, well, it's I haven't heard any cuss words. I was wondering where that was. I guess I'm on the family version. Family family friendly. You need to go into settings and set it to adult. That's where the fun is. <laughs> Leave it to John to be the original leisure suit, Larry. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if God you haven't heard any guys, every single comment is a curse word. Yes. <laughs> I need to change it. I will after this. I have to hear it. It's it's so much fun playing it though. But the questions, they're kind of hard and they're kind of like common sense, and uh, it's uh, it's fun. It's real fun playing it. Yeah, good. Awesome. I'm glad you like it. Awesome. So, John and Janice, it is so yeah. very good to speak with you, Janice. I haven't met you before, but I've no. met John. Okay. In the bathroom, was there a glory hole involved? There John was likes n- no dogs were molested. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> so, John, we know each yes, other sir. from way back in the day, like 2009, September. It was just before. Bitcoin dropped, and Jim gave you a call. Really? Now, where, yeah. where, where was I then? Where, we, I was in- okay, you were in Belize, and we were working on a project called Quorumix, <laughs> which was the quorum-sensing bacteria that retarded the other cells. No, I'm, for, I'm the guy in the bow tie. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that's unbelievable. I'd almost forgotten that part of my life. You know, the um, when they raided my property in uh, 2012, they destroyed that lab. So I, I lost there, everything. I was there one week before that happened, is, is uh, prior to the leaving for the Blue Hole on that weekend. Well, good God almighty, then. You got to witness some of the strangest history, didn't you? My God, you know, as a librarian and a technologist and somebody that does not work for the NSA, I am like blown away. Dude, you have been through hell. I have indeed, but it's it's actually been an adventurous hell and interesting for me. You know, uh, and 
yes please explain yeah please explain you're a legend truly i have uh i've i've known your name i'm 31 i know i've known your name since i was a child because of the mcavee virus that was on my computer in 1999 and um but anyway i've always known who you were and i just i i think you're a legend You, you you're truly uh it's an honor sir it really is thank you very much i don't look at myself as much of a legend um but but thank you for that so the days of belize i do have to say you have had a really rough run dude and i am glad that you are well and man i was so worried about you a few weeks ago when you had your bronchitis or whatever it was that was messing with your voice because that is a bad bacteria man and that could hurt you so I am like really glad that you're doing okay and stuff because it's my voice entirely for a few days. I could not talk, period. So I think everybody around me appreciated it. <laughs> so I, I certainly did just for a little bit. <laughs> so John, when we hung out, man, we spoke of patriotism and what the word meant. We talked about paranoia and living under a soft form of incessant martial law about, you know, you need your documents, your papers, you know, prove your innocence right now. Right. And, you know, one of the things I was, I was going to say, one of the things that, that I was, my takeaway was, and I will always remember this. You said, always have an escape plan and an awareness of hearing the shoe drop. Yes, indeed. That's that's how survived and i always have had an escape plan always for every eventuality i know that sounds like paranoia but i have used those escape plans a number of times in my life and they have actually saved my life but speaking of uh, martial law and control we just came back from a week in cuba um we we actually took our boat down there i had a, a false alarm of that uh, I believe uh, some branch of the uh, of the U.S. government was going to actually uh, try and kidnap me illegally. Now, you think America doesn't do that, then you either don't read newspapers or don't look around you. Because Man, they, are, they are all about enforcement, and that's scary, you know? Absolutely. Um, so so we, had to, we went to Cuba. I have never in my life experienced a, such a, such a it's, it's, it's hard to describe, almost a nightmare. Uh, when we when we left Cuba, just wanting to leave Cuba, we had to go through all kinds of rigmarole. They even sent divers down to look at the bottom of our boat before we Ooh. sailed away. Um, that, actually that actually happened. And I was afraid, oh, my God, this is an excuse for not letting us leave. They said it's for safety purposes. They didn't want us going out into the ocean and drowning. <laughs> so uh, anyway. Good God Almighty, everything is controlled. Every single movement. When we wanted to leave the marina, we had to go through a gate and frequently were searched, not personally, but our belongings. And the same thing coming back, we wasted so much time dealing with authorities. That's all life is there. So I understand but firsthand now what I was talking about uh, back in uh, 2009 when I was talking to you. 
extremely interesting. I mean, the world has become a really, really interesting place. You know, one of the things that tripped me out before I got to San Pedro was the hassle I got at going through, you know, going through trying to leave the country for one. And then I got there and it was like, um, it was just weird type of like, you know, they're at the gates, you know, it, it, just a, a real bad vibe. You know, but yeah, a lot has happened. It's that. been 10 years. So, we're John, you're going to you're running for president and you are your campaign runs on, you know, talk to us about your campaign. Tell us about, you know, uh, what you vision and what the message that we need to get to the world is. OK, well, first of all, I have no intention of being president, don't want to be president, and I'm not running a traditional campaign. Uh I'm running a campaign just to get enough followers and enough enough uh, uh, percentage of the population so that I can uh, get on to the national debates. And I fully intend to, to this time, I, I, I really believe I will get the Libertarian nomination in spite of the fact that most Libertarians don't want it but know that I'm, I'm the only choice they have. There was one article, by the way, that said, uh, listen, folks, we, we're going to have to accept the fact I know you want someone more respectable. <laughs> you know, here's here's the thing that's blowing me away, John. What you're doing is unprecedented in that you don't want to be president, but you're going to challenge these dicks on their own turf. <laughs> yes. You, you know? My turf. I'm bringing my turf with me, and they're going to have to dance on mine. Uh, so, so, yeah, so I only have and only one of item in my platform and that is please america free yourselves free yourselves because you're not free now america is not free if you think you are then ask yourself what it means when you have to work four months out of the year for someone else and get nothing for it and that's what we have to do with our taxes ask yourself what it means in this this uh conglomerate world where you can barely tell the difference between the U.S. government and Google or some of the other uh, major corporations. So you're working for one of these corporations. You commute an hour each way to work. You spend Man, nine hours. I'm Pardon? convinced that if you are employed, you're probably working for the government. You just yeah. don't even realize and, it. And, and we're, oh, slaves. Yeah. we're slaves. We're slaves, too, to all of this as well. Every single way. You carry the same day out five days a week until you're 40 for 40 years. And then what you have? Nothing. You're too old to really enjoy the fruits of your labor, which have been stolen by the government and the corporation. So if people just wake up and see the truth of their lives. We're slaves. Now, it, quick question for you. This is super important. Bitcoin is money. Notes are debt. Do you agree or disagree with that? Well, I don't, I don't look at it like that at all. I'm looking at what, what's more important is what we use as a unit of exchange. Is that not the important thing? And is that unit of exchange controlled by you or by somebody else? Now, with cryptocurrency, you, you control it. We, the people, control that. With, with fiat money, it's all controlled by someone else. And think about it. Money is the lifeblood of, of culture and life today. Without money, you can't pay your rent, you can't buy food, you can't send your kids to school. So this one important thing, which we all have to have and which we all have to use, is now controlled by someone that's not us the people. 
So cryptocurrency gives us freedom of control over our currency. And if we do not like a specific currency, if we don't like Monero or whatever, we can shift to something else. There are thousands out there. And equally... I have a question. Um, I noticed Bobby Ventrelli has been talking about doc.com. Um, he says um, he knows you're a strong supporter of the project. Um, are, yes. you still, are you still interested? And can you give a recap of why you believe in this uh, project? Well, uh, first and foremost, let's look at what field it's in. It's in the, it's in the health care field always and in every country the most profitable segment of the economy. Um, Why? People get frightened when they get sick. People want to live. People, you know, they're they're more concerned about their health than sex if your health goes south. So it's in that field. And secondly, uh, Charles Nader has implemented his system in such a way that it's it's nearly perfect. It's beautiful. Um, So, and not only does he have health care for your physical concerns, I can push a button on the app and a doctor actually appears on the screen. Uh, if you are having emotional problems, let's say you're about to jump off the bridge of San, you know, San Francisco Bridge because your wife left you, took the dog, took the car, and she's been fucking your neighbor. So you're about to give it all up. Now, Man, it, she's, she was a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy that wore a North Face jacket, so we don't care about her. <laughs> Fair enough, then. However... If you're on that bridge, you can remember, well, wait a minute, I do have this button, the emergency button. You push it, a psychiatrist instantly comes on the screen and says, what's the problem, son? And you go, well, my wife left me, took my dog, took, emptied my bank account, took my favorite truck, uh, was sleeping with my neighbor. And my they Kenny Chesney the- CD. It's a country song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. However, the, the shrink is now on talking. And he says, well, you know, let's talk about it, but why don't you step down off the bridge first? You can always climb back up. And so think about that. That has already saved lives. So uh, I don't know. He's just done everything right. How, how could I not support it? Yeah, I, I fully agree in the, the healthcare system. We need it. You know, people get sick. We need, we need, uh, we need healthcare. Man, when it comes to love and life, I think John would know, you know, every, the only thing that you cannot replace in life is time. So John, you had mentioned to me, and this was one of those weird moments. Talk to us about your role in yoga and a certain form of yoga in which you just watch the other people doing yoga. (laughs) Okay. So let me tell you how that came about. Okay. So I was in... Uh, I was in Belize, and 11.30 at night, my phone rings, and that's a reporter for the Village Voice, all right? So it's a woman, and she goes, and can you tell me what you think about the lawsuit between Gregory, I can't remember his last name, and uh, Bikram Chowdhury, who invented the hot yoga? And I said, well, I really know nothing about it. But she kept poking questions at me, so finally, I said, okay, well, fuck you. Uh, and, and so she said, well, what are you doing these days? I said, well, I've invented a new form of yoga. Uh, and, it's, and it's catching on like wildfire here in Central America. She says, yeah, describe it. I said, well, people sit in easy chairs and they drink, you know, we serve wine and cheese. Uh, and they lay back and watch professional people do yoga. And what happens, we have found that over time, these people have developed a leaner body 
far more flexible and, and on and on and on. And she says, well, how does that work? And I said, well, well, think about it. I mean, everything that you see affects you. If you're in a movie uh, and there's a frightening scene, like a scary movie, you feel afraid. Yet nothing's happening to you. So it's the same principle. And she goes, oh, wow. And she goes, Can you, does it apply to anything else? I said, yes, we're coming up with a new project uh, for professional weightlifters, you know, and for the, to build muscle mass. And, said, and that's working tremendously. She goes, well, does it work for everything? I go, well, oddly enough, now we tried people watching professional pianists play the piano. And I swear, none of them could play the piano, no matter how long they watched. And, and she goes, why is that? I go, I think the system only works for large muscles, the tiny muscles in the fingers. It just doesn't quite work. She wrote a freaking article about it. <laughs> I'm serious. Then you're not going to believe what happened. Relational yoga things started cropping up all over the world. <laughs> it was like <laughs> observational, observational yoga was, you can still Google it. and There's still observational yoga centers. So that was I, such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful <laughs> thing, man. So, Talk to us now about thoughts, feelings, and actions. How can we integrate that into our lives? Yeah. God, well, you asked me a difficult one, but okay, let me tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts, feelings, and actions are really all there is, okay? So So there's no currency. We are in a world of thoughts, feelings, and actions. We are, and and but you need to understand what each of them is, okay, and what the purpose is, okay. Have you ever noticed that a thought can create a feeling, like fear? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so now that's a very, very dangerous slope that the mind carries on when it creates an image, a thought, and uh, a something about the future that causes fear, delight or anything else. This is a perversion of thought. Why do we have thought? So we can find our way home from school, or so we can read a map and determine what the course may be to get there, or so we can add two and two and get four. That's the purpose of thought, for Christ's sakes. But what's happened is our minds have become so big as human beings uh, compared to, you know, dogs, which I think dogs are much smarter. Janice is, is stroking one's ears right now. Paul's um, life. Paul's so, life. And, right. And then, and then feelings. When you look at feelings, you, you break them up into positive and negative, which is insane. We go, um, you know, joy is positive and, and anger is negative. That's utter garbage. Why do we have anger? We have anger because it catches the attention of those needing to pay attention. I mean, if your child keeps putting his hand in the stove and burning it, and every time it happens, you go, oh, you know, no. I mean, or you don't even want him to burn it. You say, Timmy, don't do that. The <laughs> anger. Oh, that, hang on. That's the purpose of anger. Please, God. It's so signal. There are, there are no negative feelings. That's insane. They're just feelings that are appropriate or not appropriate. A and feeling of a feeling of. I'm sorry, that's sort of similar to what is happening to our government, too. You know, they're making us angry. They're making us choose. You know, they they have a divide and conquer sort of thing going on where, you know, we're we're supposed to hate one side and hate the other. And it's um, it's going to cause chaos. It's an unhealthy dichotomy. 
Well, but, but listen, what is a government? A government is just a collection of people. That's all it is. And what people are, the good, the bad, the ugly, is what our government is. The difference is a matter of scale. If you get angry at a bar and punch somebody in the nose, 20 minutes later, you're going to be having a beer with them, maybe. But the worst that's going to happen is a broken nose. What happens when governments get angry? Entire nations are bombed and obliterated. Greed. Yeah. When, people are, when people are greedy, if someone comes over and eats your entire turkey at Thanksgiving, you just don't have to invite them over next year. But when governments get greedy, what happens? They take from people who have nothing anyway, and entire populations starve. Man, yeah. I don't like suffering. Suffering yeah. is bad. That's what's happening now in many Venice, Venezuela is in a big mess. Do you feel if if the gov if the government in Venezuela were to buy everyone a device to trade cryptos with, do you feel that would have an impact on their economy? Well, of course, it would keep them busy at least for a while trying to figure it out. Yes, anything, anything that stops the madness of escalation. Let me tell you. Uh, the, let me. Have you ever thought about what forgiveness actually means? Forgiveness is the cessation of escalation. Because you kill my brother, then I kill your brother, then he kills my wife, and, then, and on and on and on. It will never stop until one person forgives. And what does that mean? Okay, I am not going to retaliate. That's what forgiveness Do you understand the beauty of that word? Now, how many people today can forgive? I ask you. That's a tough one. Yeah. It is a tough one. But this is the issue. And I'm not a religious man. Don't think, don't think I'm out here spreading Christianity or, or the Muslim faith or, or Buddhism. All of them talk about forgiveness. But the reason they talk about it is that is the only solution to the world's problems. I'm sorry. If you just think about it, without forgiveness, we will have an unending war between and among ourselves as human beings, always. Because one strike has a strike in return. You hit somebody, they're going to hit you, and it goes on until one is bloodied and can't stand up. Cause and effect. This is what's going to You know, it used to be, I've been very confused, because it used to be that living in America meant you were in the richest nation in the world, but we were, it seems like we were only the richest nation in the world when we had the smallest government. Well, yeah. Well, we've probably got the largest in the world now. And if you think about it, I, I think, what, one quarter of the country is a government? Either state, local, or federal? I mean, that's, that's getting it, pretty horrendous it's, in my it's mind. The whole, it's the whole East Coast. It is indeed. So I think, you know, that, that's the key. The, the, and in terms of actions, I mean, there, there's no right or wrong action. There's just action that is in synergy with the reality of your situation. That's all. Um, you know, it, people go, it's, it's wrong to kill. Well, I'm sorry. You know, if you're a soldier in a bunker and someone bursts in and points a gun at you, I'm sorry, it's not wrong to kill. You have to defend yourself. We have a right. We have a right to defend ourselves. So there's no absolute right or wrong. There's only, there's only wrong action in relativity to your situation at that moment in time. And very few of us have right action according to that. We're all a bundle of, of misery or, or complaints or anger or, or suffering or feeling we are wronged or whatever because we don't take responsibility for ourselves. 
And this is why crypto is so important. Crypto makes you take responsibility for yourself. Because unlike a check that you write to someone and find out they've scammed you, you, you call the bank and say, stop payment. There's no stop payment crypto. You send the money. It's never going to come back to you unless it's a good friend saying, oh, that, that was a mistake here. It's back. No. So it makes us take responsibility. You can't be free without first taking responsibility for yourself. Otherwise, there will always be a spider web of connections to the government, to other people, to people we owe, whatever, that keeps us from being free. So, John, are you red pill or blue pill, man? I'm sorry? Red, red pill all day. Red pill all day. <laughs> every day. I'm the guy that goes, don't give me any pill, please. I want to see what things are like here first. Because what? The, the, the Keanu Reeves is only there for a few moments sitting in the chair. No, fuck this shit. I'm taking other you one. Know, I'm sitting in the chair. You know, where does this go? Janet, you have such- do you think the, uh, the Matrix uh, is a documentary? Yes, <laughs> probably. In 1984, well, you guys seen that, I'm sure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me let me, let me delve just a little deeper in these things. The matrix is matrix is here now. Have you ever been into a coffee shop and every single person in there, except the person serving you coffee, is lost lost in their smartphone? Yes. Now, where are they? They appear to be sitting in the coffee shop, but they're not. In their minds, they're communicating with uh, someone in China or they're watching a video or something. They're just not present. Yeah, they're like, is this any different? (laughs) They're at the the Amazon store getting an endorphin dump from purchasing something, you know, usually. Yes, absolutely. So so this is is our current state. We are in the matrix now. And I promise it's going to get substantially worse. Because I myself have been working on systems using social media to actually control people's thoughts. Now, Facebook has been doing it for years, but doesn't really reveal anything about how they do it. But let me give you an example. I wanted to show people how gullible they were. So four months ago, I put a tweet about my whale fucking, you know? Right, right. And then the next tweet was, all of you people who are saying that whale fucking is non-consensual, that's bullshit. Because a, a humpback whale weighs 70,000 pounds, it's feet long, it can dive to half a mile and crush a ship with a single blow. So if a human manages to fuck one, you'd better believe it's consensual. Now, that tweet got 40,000 40, likes. I'm I, with I you, dog. That. I saw it. <laughs> Hacking the so, mind. Now, and did little polls here and there. Um, it turns out that after a month, 65% of my followers believed that people fucked whales. I'm telling you, this is the truth. Now, I finally came clean. I said, listen, people, let me tell you something. I've been lying to you. I've never fucked a whale. I don't know anybody who's ever fucked a whale. And if you look at the, the one tweet that got all of the likes, is it possible? Fuck no. Not for a human. You know, maybe for another world. So isn't, isn't to think of the gullibility. So all you need is someone who has the charisma, self-confidence, and the assurance, that self-assurance of what I'm telling you is absolute truth. That's all it takes. That's what the government's been doing. 
it's been telling us the absolute truth to a variety of high-profile and very charismatic leaders like Donald Trump. Whether you like him or not, you can't say he's not charismatic. Um, so, so this has been happening to us all along. And this is going to get deeper and deeper and deeper, I promise you. Well, fucking... Yes, it will. Start. Oh, yes, it will. You know? <laughs> she always has been. <laughs> not even close but thank you so yes, she, <laughs> so john in all of my projects i have not done a single project that janice has not assisted me on and has helped tremendously many of which would not have come to fruition without her assistance and yet I, she takes a back chair behind me i should be taking a back chair behind her <laughs> i did a so, wikipedia search of you um just a refresh you know everything and i've seen I mean, there was just pages and, or I mean, paragraphs and paragraphs of all the projects you've done and how much you've been a part of the community, the crypto community and uh, other communities as well. And it's really impressive. <clears throat> and I know, uh, I'm sure Janice has your back. She is so sweet <clears throat> uh, when we conversed over our emails. I mean, she was just so She's so you're you're so sweet, Janice. You're so kind and genuine, and I I, I really wish y'all would be our president of the United States. I really I really do. I'm praying. And I no, wish after that, fish. I'm gonna start fishing, which is what I've wanted to do for Allegedly. years. Right? I think he's gonna fish for like maybe a month, it's and like then he's gonna like, get bored. Like <laughs> sailfish, like out trolling, or just off the off the dock. It's energetic fishing. I'm, you know, sitting by a creek somewhere with a with a bamboo uh, rod and a, and a piece of string with a uh, safety pin. That sort of fishing. Yeah. Ah, I got with you. With the on the side somewhere, right? A what? With the dance team twerking. On the <laughs> <side>. <laughs> so, what? How do you feel about AI? Talk to us about AI. What is your thought, feeling, and perception on AI? Because that's been bugging the shit out of me. I don't know where that's going. Okay, AI. Well. I know where it's going. Uh, it's going to remove us from the planet if we do not use our common sense and step back and think this thing through. Because what we are making is the next life form on this planet. It's going to be the first non-carbon-based life form. Quantum. And we're building. And, and that life form at some point is going to go, why the fuck do we need these people? We're planting the food. We're harvesting it. We're, we're coming up with the ideas. We're implementing them. What are the humans doing? They're parasites. Yeah. And they will shrug the, us. Uh, eat the uh, feet, the, uh, what is it called? The um, useless eaters. And they, uh, I, I saw, I, I'm a huge uh, conspiracy theorist. And I believe I saw this saying they want to wipe out like, um, you know, one billion per, uh, people off the planet and to save the planet. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard a lot of conspiracies, but you know the useless eaters. <clears throat> you know they're they're not they're not contributing, and everything's going to be controlled by robotics. I think robotics are the future, which is why I brought up the Matrix because uh, that could be our future. You know, I mean that's kind of far fetched, but I don't know. So is it a is it a dystopian future, or do you see a peaceful future? Well, I mean, you know, until, man, until mankind uh, becomes rational and understands, you know, when every person, man, woman, child, 
indifferent where every person understands themselves, understands the source of their thoughts, the source of their emotions, and understands what right action is, then we will never have peace. We have to have peace within ourselves first. And I do not know many people who are peaceful with themselves. And I regret, but I'm, I'm going to be on with CZ Binance shortly. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Janice I, told me you have an eight o'clock appointment. Um, we'll wrap this up. I appreciate you, kind of, both of y'all, coming on. Um, this is excellent. Maybe one more question. How about a question for Janice? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Pandora? How about <laughs> ask Janice? Ask Janice about a typical day in the life with John McAfee. Uh, yeah, that's perfect, uh, Janice. What's it like being with John McVie? It usually starts um, about five thirty ish, and he's on his Twitter, <laughs> right? And then you know, we both use the bathroom and go back to sleep with the dogs. Then we're up about six thirty seven, and he's just on Twitter or, or on his phone working all all day. And I take the dogs out for a walk and. You know, I answer whatever questions he has or I'm scheduling interviews for him. Um, it's mostly pretty boring. There's some drinking in between there and smoking a pot. There, but yeah, it's pretty boring. Yeah. It, but that's pretty interesting, though. I mean, being married to John McAvee, I mean, that's, ama- that's amazing. And, John, you don't, you don't do, you do not look, what are you, 72? Is that what I read? 73. I'm sorry. 73. He's 29. 70, 70, Jesus John's Christ. 29. I mean, you look great, John, for your age. I mean, Jesus Christ, you're a very handsome man. And listen, I know you guys got something else um, coming soon. Um, <clears throat> we're going to let y'all go. I really appreciate it. I'm sure Binary appreciates it, too. I've had a Yeah, board. it's good to talk to you again, John. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, John. This has been fun. Yes, sir. Y'all have and a hey, Binary, reach out to John. You guys should Touch base again. That's you know, yeah, I, I gotta come down here since I can't come there. In fact, I can't go anywhere. You know, I um, thank, I thank you for that. I thank you for that invitation. Days and let me show you around the Bahamas. That would be wonderful. I may take you up on that. So keep keep your ear to Twitter. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank, thank you. Good thank night. you very much. Good night. Thank you. Good Bye, guys. Love y'all. Right, thank you.